We've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. This podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. Welcome back. Dinka and DeRosa, a House Enterprise, House of College Hoops podcast. My name is Chris Thettinga. I'm joined, as always, by Michael DeRosa. Michael, happy uh, happy late Christmas holiday season. Uh, how are you? You know, Chris, I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, you know, it's good to be back. Hoops are back, kind of, and they're getting back even more. And I need that in my life. Yes, hoops are back. Uh, I just saw Wright State got thwarped by um, UW Green Bay, so I was I was wrong about them. Uh, we'll get into kind of our preseason rights and wrongs, how we did looking at teams um, before the season. But first, Michael, I would I would uh, be remiss if I didn't mention off the top here uh, the Terrence Shannon Jr news um he will be suspended and away from the team following rape charges down in lawrence kansas um from this fall terrence shannon jr was the top 10 scorer really in the country to me um he mean essentially everything to that illinois team he created so much for them on both sides of the floor um we don't have to touch on everything revolving around that situation because it sucks and everything about it is it's just really unfortunate that that happened and you know, uh, my thoughts are with everybody involved, but um, does Illinois, how many steps back is Illinois now without Terrence Shannon, as opposed to what they were two days ago? Yeah. So obviously off the top, hope the accuser and really everyone is doing as well as they can. I don't know any of the details, but just like hope, hope the people particularly involved who would be hurt by this are doing well. But uh, I don't, I think this took Illinois from a team that I viewed around like the top four seed line, like, Around a four seed ish to a team that I don't think makes the tournament. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, um, I think Terrence Shannon, their whole team was built around Terrence Shannon. It was like, right, how does this guy help Terrence Shannon? How can this guy help Terrence Shannon? What can they do to help Terrence Shannon? Like, not only was Terrence Shannon the lead scorer, he was probably the best wing in the country. I don't know if that's an exaggeration. I don't think it is. He was an yeah. excellent creator and he's just kind of that dude. And now their leading scorer is Marcus Damask assumedly he's a good player very good player but uh he was at southern illinois last year and southern illinois didn't make the tournament with him as leading scorer and we see lance jones thriving at purdue in his own way and then their second leading option is i don't know is are they fit to lead are they still going to defend at the same level do they have that same offensive punch i don't know i i don't view this team particularly highly after this i'm very interested to see how they do and i can tell you now i bet fairly dickinson at open for the game that's tonight at 26 and a half and that is the only bet i made that aged well so good for me <laughs> and that's half a point so like not really yeah to put some numbers on shannon he was averaging averaging 21 and a half points per game good for eighth in the country on evanmaya.com um, Evan had him as the 13th best player in, in the sport uh, and one of the best offensive players in the sport, top 10 on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Illinois was plus 167 with him on the floor this year. Uh, outside of him, everyone is you know pretty much below 100 outside of the mask. Um, 
this means everything to, to Illinois. I know you're not a Coleman Hawkins guy. I think Hawkins nope. can fill a little bit of the load and I think he's a little bit better um, than, than you do perhaps, but still, if this is a tournament team, it's certainly not, you know, anywhere near the ceiling that they had prior to this event. And it's just a bummer. It's a bummer for, yeah, what, what happened. It's a bummer for the sports. It's, it's just, yeah, I hate, I hate stuff like this. It's annoying. Yeah, 100%. It's awful. Yeah. Um, let's, let's touch on the big 10 while we're talking about it, because now, you know, Illinois to me was, I had them as a top 10 team in the country. Um, they were the second best team in the big 10 behind Purdue. Now you look up and down the, the, the conference and there's not many teams that stand out. Wisconsin is certainly a tournament team and, and has some pretty, pretty flashy upside to me. Um, and then obviously Purdue's great, but outside of that, Michael, like who's, who is the third best team of that conference? I like Ohio state. I like them quite a bit. I like their guards. I think Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale is a really fun guard duo. I think they got good plans. I like Jameson Battle can give you something on the wings. And I think like a Zed Key or uh, they got a couple other bigs that are like, all right, I do like that team. Uh, I think they're a fringe top 25 team at the moment. Their loss to Penn State definitely doesn't look great, particularly with how they lost that game. But they've held serve. They've done their job. They have a win over Alabama. They have a win over UCLA. They beat Santa Clara by a lot of points. I still think I think this is a good team. They kind of passed the eye test to me, and I feel like they'll be in the tournament. Uh, so I guess they're the third best team in this conference. Then after that, um, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, you look down, maybe like literally, maybe Northwestern becomes something that we yeah. don't think they are. Nebraska's ten and two. Maybe that won't be an incredibly big flash in the pan. Honestly, maybe Michigan State figures it out. I don't know. I don't know. My Rutgers thing with how powerful the rack is, they win 10 games there. They win two on the road, 12. Yeah, probably enough. Probably yeah. enough. Um, so we'll see there. The whole Big Ten kind of starting to look a little bit weaker now without Illinois and without Michigan State being what we thought they would be in the preseason. Speaking of preseason, Michael and I went through our top 25s from before uh, the season started. Michael, give me give me some things you were wrong about. Um, obviously, Michigan State, we both had in the top five. Outside of that, who are a couple of teams you were either higher on or lower on than you would be right now? Yeah, um, I think the elephant in the room is my worst take. Honestly, maybe ever. And maybe this team, because the league, we just talked about how weak it is and how like maybe they can emerge into something. I had Maryland at 23. Oh my God, this team is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. They can't play any defense. They can't shoot. They can't get to the rim. There's no spark off the bench. They're not a deep roster. Uh, I think the loss of Tony Skin to George Mason and the fact that they got nothing in the transfer portal, I think I just completely overlooked. Uh, shout out to Skin. He's doing really well at George Mason. Um good future like uh but man that was a terrible take they are bad they're really bad and uh deshaun harris smith does not look as good as i thought he did i think part of that is because they don't have any shooting like at all they have no one who i yeah. think can hit two jump shots in a row aside from when jameer young goes for like 60 against ucla right um speaking of another team i got wrong at 21 i had ucla Yes, yes, the Bruins, uh, who who snuck by the Beavers last night of Oregon State, they've looked terrible, Michael, That's totally all year. Yeah, they're yeah. bad. Um, I think with that one, 
I think I overvalued guys coming in and didn't realize that continuity means a lot in college basketball. But not only that, the way this team would play if like they are at their ceiling is so opposite from how any Mick Cronin team works ever. Yeah. Like Mick Cronin, like his best player, I feel like that I remember from Cincinnati is Jaron Cumberland. That dude's a bully. Then you look mm-hmm. at this team, Bedeke Biyukton Jail, Adai Mara, those guys aren't bullying anyone. Like that's not what they do. This team just doesn't fit the way a Mick Cronin team plays. And I think you can tell that it just doesn't work. Yeah. Mara, especially, he's been a huge disappointment, at least in my eyes. I was not high on UCLA, but I could not imagine that they would sink to these depths. I mean, to me, this is the third worst team in the in the Pac-12. Uh, Mara has fallen out of the rotation. He gets about two minutes a game recently. Um, he, he played only for a little a little stretch last night. Uh, Adem Bona has just not developed an offensive game like he needed to. He just can't create buckets down low. Um, and then the shooting was always going to be a question. Um, V-Day hasn't played. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, but also just hasn't been very good. <laughs> like The overseas guys just didn't really pan out. It's hard. It's a hard transition. And I think give them another year, things will be a little bit better in Westwood. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it'll take time, but uh, this team just doesn't, they don't, it doesn't, it feels like the coach has one vision and the players just kind of play another way. It, it feels kind of disjointed and I didn't see that coming. I think I, I, I erred there. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you my biggest error, and it's, it's not close. Um, to be fair, this is an error almost everyone made Duke, my number one team in the country, Michael, they're not, they're just not the number one team in the country. <laughs> Um, I still think they'll be fine and they'll figure things out before March Madness, but it's taking them longer to reach what they can be than I thought it would. I thought they could just start yeah. the season and they'd be ready to rock, but they don't have a true, true big. Filipowski doesn't play like a true center. He likes to space the floor a little bit more. Um, and then on the offensive end, it, it's just it's just not clicking the way I wanted it to, or I thought yeah. it would. I thought they looked very good against Baylor. I think part of that is... Baylor was one of like the few teams I think I was right about in the offseason. Like, I think they are actually really good. Yeah. But Baylor's defense is not good, which is weird for a Scott Drew team. But particularly, I saw this tweet. I believe it was from Kevin Sweeney, CBB Central. Uh, on and off the floor with Ivismacy, completely different defense. Like, with him on the floor, they're like good defensively. With him off the floor, they are woeful. They can't stop anyone. They can't stop a dribble drive. And Missy just kind of makes up for like a lot of the mistakes because he's an awesome shot blocker. He just has all that going for him. Uh, athletic too, but uh, man, they can't defend. And I thought Duke really attacked that defense. I thought Duke looked really good in that game. And Mark Mitchell looked more confident. Like he just, he was like the other times teams would sag off him and that would clog up the lane because the whole point of five out is not clogging up the lane. Then when Filipowski would drive, you have two guys on him and Mitchell's not going to shoot the ball. I thought he looked better. I think he's settling into a role. So I still think Duke is good, but yeah, I had them number one. They don't look number one. Yeah. Um, the, the other big miss for me was I had Arkansas 11th in the country. Um, okay. Here's heads, heads or tails here. Does Arkansas make the NCAA tournament? I think they're too talented, just raw talent not to, I haven't looked at their resume much at all. And just yeah, 66th in Ken Palm with losses to Greensboro, Memphis, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. They did beat Duke, but that's really the only, um, that well, that is the only win of teams that will be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's not 
it's just it's not a it's not a great resume and there's not enough like continuity i want to say continuity i'm not sure that's the right word but it seems like he's just still figuring out muscleman's still figuring out how he wants to handle playing 10 guys uh that are all similar in talent level he has 10 pretty good players but sometimes it's better to have eight a little bit better than pretty good yeah, I would have expected a little more from Brazil, but he's also not like going to take a ton of shots and he's pretty efficient. Uh, I didn't expect, like, I didn't have this team ranked. I didn't think the guards were as good as advertised. I think this is the one team where I was like, all right, we can pump the brakes. Not everyone that comes in is good. And then I made the mistake on like four other teams. But uh, like, I wasn't as high on Ellis, as high on Battle, as high on like all those guys as some people seem to be as a uh, Jeremiah Davenport type. Right. And I still think they're a little weak inside. Like I'm not a huge Makai Mitchell guy. I think they'll be better if they space the floor. Jalen Graham. I don't think I'm not like particularly high on either, but uh, I feel like if one of Mark and Brazil go down, I think they are screwed, screwed. Yeah. And it, it'll, maybe it'll just take some time, but Devo Davis shot 40% from three last year. He's shooting 23% this year. It's the same for a couple other guys on their roster. They're just not, a, not hitting the splits that they did a season prior, but that's kind of what happens when, you know, the guys don't get as much rhythm because you're trying to play more people. Devo Davis played a lot more minutes per game last year. This year, he's only he's in a he's a finishing on 12 percent of possessions. He uh, used on 12 percent of possessions for Arkansas. It's just I don't know. It's a different feel over there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, also, we were dead wrong on BYU and Oklahoma. Yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> those teams are good. BYU still has to prove it to me. Uh, they still have to prove it in league play. They have not. Yes, go ahead and beat it. We've talked about BYU at length, so I don't think we need to go into them super far, but they haven't really beat anyone good. Um, San Diego State, I guess we can get, we'll get, actually, I have a topic. We'll get to the Aztecs later, but um, they have real games coming up. They're only real game to me. They lost to Utah. Then yeah, you have Baylor coming up, Iowa State after that, and then, um, end of January, we get Houston. So of those three games, Baylor, Houston, and uh, in Iowa State, what's their record in those three games? I'd have to look at like locations, but uh, I feel like the, I honestly feel like if they're playing any of those in Provo, they win them. Uh, and if they're on really? the road, yeah. I think the Houston game is really interesting because those teams are complete polar opposites. Is Houston just going to bully them? But like uh, Fasini Chirera will just get in a fight at some point. And uh, they're right. just more skilled than Houston, and Houston hasn't been tested this season. And I think they haven't played an offense nearly as dynamic as Baylor's. The one team that has a comparable offense is Texas A&M, and that was without Tyrese Radford. And Wade Taylor went for nearly 40. And late in that game, Houston made some mistakes that are so un-Kelvin Sampson-like. I don't know if you were watching that game, but they were inbounding from the sideline. And the guy just moved. He just walked on the sideline. So they turned the ball over, and Taylor, I believe, <laughs> tied the game up or made it within one. Jeez. So I still have some questions with Houston and I think I don't believe in Iowa state as much as most do. I think they're kind of a victim of the same thing, except Iowa state didn't look great to me in the ESPN events invitational. They lost to, they lost to lose to Virginia tech. They lost two games there. I believe they got fourth. Uh, so don't believe there. And then Baylor, I think Baylor has flaws defensively. I think Baylor would be able to score a ton on uh, BYU, but I think they have flaws defensively. So 
give me two and one, but like in terms of just being wrong about them, still they might like be a fringe tournament team if that. Like mm-hmm. I think that's their floor at this point. But uh, we had them like 12th, 13th, right. 14th yeah. in there. And Oklahoma, I didn't think was making the tournament, and that team can defend their ass off. No, yeah, Oklahoma is is more surprising to me only for the fact that they've kind of proved it a little bit more. They beat USC, uh, they beat Providence, Arkansas. Like they have good wins. It's not sort of fluky. Um, Javian McCollum has been has exceeded any expectation I could have put on him coming out of Siena. He was good at Siena, don't get me wrong, but I just he was one of the guys where I wasn't sure how it would translate, and it would tra- it has translated perfectly. He's been yeah. just as good. Um, it, it's been fun to watch. McCollum was actually when I saw he was like going to. I remember I was talking with one of the guys who was a team manager at Butler, and they were already looking at the portal. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, there are a couple of guys you were looking at. It's like, obviously you knew some of the Ivy guys, like they have to leave and like, but everyone's already yep. talking to those guys. Right. Uh, so it was like, all right, who are some guys that could enter that I think could actually do well? McCollum was, I think the first guy I pointed out, I'm like, look, I don't know if this guy's going to enter, but I feel like Butler could get him maybe not to say like Posh hasn't been great. He's been excellent for Butler and everything Butler needed. And I, I don't think McCollum would do what Posh did for Butler, but, uh, he was a guy that I thought would actually do really well. But, uh, I don't know if I viewed him to do as well as he's done. So full credit to him. That kid can ball, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Butler, I had the Bulldogs 10th in the big East. Um, it's pretty safe to say they will not get 10th in the big East. They're a legitimate NCAA tournament contender, or at least to to make it. Um, they're a good team. And I, I just kind of missed the ball on that one. I didn't know how posh would play in a different system that wasn't run by Mike Anderson. And then, I didn't know if there was enough shooting to uh, to combat kind of the lack of offensive production the year before, but they have turned it around nicely. So kudos, kudos to your Bulldogs. Thank you. I'll take that. I was also wrong about this team. Uh, Pierre Brooks in particular has been so much better than I expected him to be. I think he is hit. I think when you talked about Brooks in the offseason, it was like, all right, there is the floor is he literally does what he did at Michigan State, except just with more minutes. The ceiling was, I really think we've hit the ceiling. If not, maybe he's kind of exceeded that. He's been excellent. Uh, He looks like a legit, like, all Big East contender. Like, if Butler ends up finishing top five in the league and Pierre Brooks isn't on an all Big East team, someone messed up. That dude is balling. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, Michael, I'll give you a couple more that I was wrong on. Um, from the mid-major ranks. One would be Wright State. I thought Tanner Holden, who comes over, comes back over from Ohio State, him matching with uh, with Trey Calvin, I thought it would work well. It has not. They just, defensively, it, it just, it's so terrible. They don't know what they're doing. They just gave up 90 to UW-Green Bay, who's like a sub-300 offense on Kempom, I'm pretty sure. Like, this is, it's, it's just not going to work. They're not going to turn it around. And the other one that I'm, I'm even a little bit more surprised I've been wrong about is um, UC Santa Barbara. Yep. Who drops another game uh, last night to UC Davis. They've not looked super sharp. I'll give them a couple passes uh, off the bat because um, AJ Mitchell was out for a couple games right away, but they didn't look competitive against New Mexico. And then they lose to UC Davis with no wins at all. I mean, this team, they're another one where it's just, I don't know. I think I was just wrong. I don't know if they have the legs to to make up for what they have started, but we'll see. I think I'm still going to be stubborn on that team for a while. 
uh, I love the talent combination of AJ Mitchell, Johan Treor, and uh, Josh Pierre Louis. So I think I'm going to be stubborn as hell. And like, I will be stubborn to the point of where, even if they're like the five seed in Big West when we're doing the Jerome at the end of the year, they will be my pick. Just, I, I, I know myself too well. I know this is a mistake I make all the time, and I'm going to make this mistake again. But I, I, I yeah, they, they have not impressed me to the level that I thought they would. I thought this team, I believe I remember saying on a show, not only will this team make the tournament, I believe in the offseason. I believe I said they'll win a game in the tournament. Uh, they yeah. got a lot of ground to cover, if that prediction is going to be correct. Uh, I'll say that off the top. Yeah, they, to put some context on their defensive side of the basketball, on Evan Maya, they don't have one player above a 1.0 uh, <laughs> DP, DBPR, which is, like, not even good. Like, they have nobody on their team that can defend a lick, and it's it's just it's too much to overcome. They mean, they gave up, like, 20 wide-open threes to UC Davis's best shooter last night. Like, it's like they don't read the scouting report, and they just say, okay, let's we're going to out-talent you, and it'll be fine. Um, Got to look to maybe maybe Pasternak. Pasternak is a little bit overrated as, as what I thought as well. Um, okay, Michael, let's hop in to teams as we view them now on December 29th looking forward who do you think is underrated right now the midseason of the NCAA of the of the um of the season here who's an underrated basketball team and why so the first team I want to go with is a team I don't think people talk about enough even though they have one of the better wins in the country and where I don't know if this team will make the tournament. I think the fact that they're a fringe tournament team is a huge, is an absolutely huge uh, credit to the work this coach has done in his first season. And I think he's building a program at this school that will be a lot better next year, two years from now, three years from now, all that sort of thing. And they are way ahead of trajectory. Georgia Tech. Um, in this early season, this team got smoked by Cincinnati and they lost to UMass Lowell. Since then, they beat Mississippi State, they beat Duke, they lose at Georgia, fine. And they beat Penn State in MSG in a weird game. Uh, bad call in overtime helped them, but they got screwed in regulation. That really was the reason this game wasn't overtime. Damon Stoudemire has done an excellent job at this school. Oh, my goodness. Um, Bandongo looks like someone who is going to be a problem for years to come. I didn't expect him to be a guy who could average 12-9 and nine and leads the team in blocks and steals with 1.7 blocks a game. Uh, that dude can hoop. He had a really good game against Duke. Miles Kelly looks really good. Kwasi Reeves. I think we expected this team to be like, okay. Like we were like, hey, you know, they could finish 10th in the league, uh, which would have been, an, we had them higher than most. That would have been an accomplishment. This team looks like competitive. Like they look legitimately good. So uh, huge credit to DeMond Stoudemire. He's done work on the recruiting trail too. Uh, they lose, they get a uh, second in the, uh, the tournament in the diamond head is what it's called uh losing just to nevada who i think is a top 25 team at this point uh this team is good they win like they beat the fact that they beat duke even even though duke isn't as good as we thought they'd be the fact that this georgia tech team beat duke huge i mean that's huge uh full credit to demon stoudemire this team is so much better than i expected them to be and i was higher on them than i thought most people were yeah, they're they're legit good. Uh, they're just so long. They defend the three point really well, just because the length. Miles Kelly is a long defender, and Dongo, Claude Reeves, uh, Dylan Coleman, like all these guys are six six and above, and just have big wingspans. Like they're just tough on the perimeter defensively. Um, yeah, big fan of them for sure. I think they're 
And then I, I really think they, they could make an NCAA tournament and people aren't really doing them like that quite yet. Yeah. I really like this team. Like I'm so impressed with DeMond Stoudemire and, uh, with how he's recruiting, how he's hit the recruiting trail, he landed a couple big guys. I know he's got Jaden Mustafa, and he just landed someone recently. I can't think of the name, but I remember watching them play. Uh, but man, uh, this is I'm going to be on the DeMond Stoudemire bandwagon for next season. So I'm just going to announce that right now. I I will be on the DeMond Stoudemire bandwagon at the school for as long as he's there. I think this dude can really coach, and I think it's going under the radar. I think this is a home run hire that I don't think is getting enough credit, and uh, I love this team. They're going to be fun. They, they defend, man. They're long, yeah. as you said. They got like they can score. This team's gonna be fun. Okay, so tell me this: Why is Memphis not being viewed as a true NCAA tournament threat to make an Elite Eight, a Final Four type run? Um, when I have watched them, they have been awesome. I beat they beat the shit out of Virginia, a team that I think is pretty yeah. good still. Maybe maybe too good. <laughs> um, beat Arkansas. Beat Michigan. I don't know how much either of those wins mean yet, but uh, the only two losses they had were in um, back-to-backs against Villanova and, and Mississippi, uh, both away from home. They have a bunch of pieces that are pretty talented, pretty talented, right? David Jones has been fantastic. He's finally on a program that wins basketball games and he has been a big part of it. Uh, Quinterly is really good. Now they get, uh, they get a certain someone from Kansas state, Mr. Tomlin. Um, Michael, this team, I, it, it, to me, they should have the legs to compete for a Final Four. Yeah, they are really good. Uh, I have them fairly highly in my top 25 that I just submitted. I don't remember exactly where. But uh, I think this team is really good. And uh, the fact that David Jones looks like an actual like legitimate star, I think is a huge, just a huge credit to what Penny Hardaway's done there. This is a team that uh, I just was like, look, they, they might do some stupid things. But yeah, as you mentioned, I have them 13th in the country right now. I think they're a legitimate threat. The fact that they are so good defensively, so long, like they suffocated Virginia. Like Virginia's yeah. a team that slows you down and they out Virginia at Virginia. They held Virginia <laughs> like 40 points. I mean, this team looks like they will compete in the American with FAU. Like this is going to be a really uh, fun test for both those teams. But other than that, honestly, I think if you look at Memphis's Ken Palm page, I don't think they're projected to lose any game for the rest of the season then it makes sense. This team is just so, so good. And uh, I think the one game against Villanova, third game of a back-to-back-to-back, I think you could have been passing, particularly because Michigan and Arkansas both played them tough. But since then, like the way they just beat Clemson, they beat Vanderbilt, they look good late, beat Texas A&M in Texas A&M. I think it's still a penny team, so I feel like they can make some dumb mistakes. Like Javon Quinterly's made some goofy mistakes sure. in his time in college. But uh, when this team is playing at their ceiling, wow, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, so that's one team I think is is a little bit undervalued. The other one I have is is um, kind of a league as a whole, and that's the Ivy League. Not getting enough love. <laughs> well, I mean, come on here. Uh, Princeton, to me, should be a team that gets a look to be a at-large team if they play well enough in conference. They're a legitimate team that can win in the NCAA tournament. Yale is a team that could win a game in the NCAA tournament. Danny Wolf has been just as good as they need him to be down low. Matt Noling's the best player in the conference. They're a good basketball team. Uh, even, even the lower side of the conference, I mean, I don't know where you have Car- Cornell, Harvard, Penn, 
um, in some order. They would be three through six probably, but Cornell is a really fun team to watch just because they get up and down so quick. I mean, they, they go in transition on made baskets more than any team I've ever seen. Uh, so they present a certain, you know, unique challenge to teams. The Ivy League is really, really solid, and uh, you don't see too many people talking about it, but I hope and pray that potentially Princeton kind of runs the table in the regular season and we get a two-bit Ivy. Yeah, I think the only way you get a two-bit Ivy is if Princeton more or less runs the table and, like, they end with the season with, like, five, four losses and maybe, like, they can squeeze in. Yeah. I don't know if they have a key win. The win, neutral win over Rutgers is going to look good. Going to need some of these other wins to age fairly well. Maybe like an at Duquesne, that actually should age pretty well. Maybe at Hofstra can get up to like a Q2 if we're looking at it there. Yeah. But uh, I haven't watched too much Ivy League. I know Malik Mack is really good, but uh, he is mono, so he's going to be out for a while. I feel like that really takes Harvard stock down. I mean, that kid is special. Yeah, um, he's good. Wouldn't surprise me to see him be an up transfer candidate immediately this offseason. Same with Tyler Perkins, who looks excellent for Penn. I was actually at uh, his old high school watching my brother's team beat Landon. Uh, so take that. Uh, but yeah, Tyler Perkins is excellent. And the fact that, uh, I mean, 22 and 6 against Nova, they're talented. And Princeton, I think, could compete for an at-large bid. I think I've seen Cornell like passively. But uh, I like the way just that generally a team is constructed when they have like First of all, Cornell, I believe, shoots like a do they shoot a decent amount of threes, or am I thinking of someone else? A ton of threes. Yeah, that's what I thought. They shoot a ton of threes, but they don't have one like dominant score. Like you're just looking at the ESPN page right now. They have six guys who average between eleven point two and eight point eight points a game. They can they got balance. They usually they show the ball pretty yeah. well. Those are the kind of teams I like. Like we'll maybe look into picking come like a uh, off season, if like everyone's going to pick Princeton in the Ivy tournament, it's like, all right, who are some of the sleepers I like? You look for dominant players and you look for a team that can just kind of like dice you in that way. Um, so sure. Sure. Uh, Cornell plays Baylor here, I think in like a week. Yeah. Uh, some free betting advice to everyone listening out there. Take the over in that game. It could be 160 over 165. Even I'd probably take the over uh, both teams. Possession length is, is historically short. And, um, yeah, they, they neither of them defend all too well, but they both can score uh, excessively. That game will hit the over. I don't even care what it is, Michael. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, uh, I think especially Baylor's guards cannot stop like a dribble drive or anything like that. And the way Cornell runs offense, they're not going to really try to bully you in the paint. And that's kind of where Baylor's defense is good solely because Messi's just down there. And I think that guy could honestly be a one and done with how talented he is. But uh yeah, I honestly, I like it. I like the over. I'll probably be on that with you then. You've convinced number me. Number one in the Cornell is number one in the country in two point percentage uh, on the season. They shoot 64% from the floor. Insane. You find um, a little dice them. Yeah. All right, Michael, give me a team that you are now a little underrated or you think is overrated. Uh, overrated? In, yes, in terms of the general perception. I think we've talked about this team enough, but uh, it's Gonzaga. I don't yeah. see why this team is ranked. I don't get it. They have four guys. Nemhard is great. EK is solid. I don't know if I'd say great yet. I think he's still got a little more to prove. Watson looks very – this is the best Anton Watson we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got four guys. They're not – I don't understand why they're viewed as, like, an elite team. Like, I don't know. Like, they played UCLA really tough. And they had a career game from Anton Watson. And I remember after that game, my takeaway was, man, UCLA might be good. 
UCLA is not good. So I think that we have to look back on that performance and say maybe Gonzaga isn't all that. And they really haven't done much to impress me since. Like, they got smoked by UConn. Yeah. But just, I, I really don't think this team is, I don't, I don't have this team ranked. I don't have this team fairly close to being ranked, frankly. I don't really understand why I really think the name Gonzaga and the fact that they've been a one seed that lasts like every single season is just kind of carrying them. And I think this team's overrated. Yep. I had Gonzaga in my notes as well. Uh, the other team I had was San Diego State, another team I think you probably agree with me on. Um, yeah. They beat Cal in overtime, Washington in overtime, UC San Diego by one. Uh, you see Irvine by one um, and then you got beat by Grand Canyon and BYU. So all of their wins that are of any relevance have come by the slimmest of margins. And then they've lost the other ones. Uh, they don't have the offensive punch that they did last year. And the defense isn't, isn't as good without Mensa. They don't have the true rim protector down low um, that he was. So th- that team just isn't built. Some people are still talking to them like, Hey, this is a second weekend team. No, no, it's not. No, they're not. Uh, they are the third most likely second weekend team in their own conference. Would you say third or fourth? Third. New Mexico, Colorado State, Nevada. Yeah, man. You could make the case. You can make the case that they're the fourth best team in their conference. I think I would. Um, Jaden Ledee is incredible. He's so good. Yeah. But the rest of that roster, they, they haven't proven anything this season. Yeah, uh, it is kind of funny. They're all bunched up in Ken Palm. Colorado State leads the pack at 28. Nevada's at 38, and the other two are sandwiched in the middle. It's going to be a fun, fun race out west there. I think New Mexico is is the team I would least likely to least like to play in the NCAA tournament, though. Oh, dude, those guards. Like, if you mm-hmm. get a good game from House and Mashburn, and I think the only game they've lost this season, if I remember correctly, I think they have one loss, and that was to St. Mary's without House. Without House. So. Um, they, yeah, they, every, they've only had like five or six games where all of them have played Dent house and Mashburn. And when they've played, it has been like a true joy to watch. They've beat the shit out of anyone they've played. Dent looks so good. Uh, this team, I want to see them tested cause I don't think they've been tested yet, but, uh, they're good. But, uh, another team that I wanted to talk about, cause I think that's enough mountain West talk because no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> mountain West actually really good league, but, uh, actually they posted a little graphic. Do you know, uh, Two, unfortunately, for one Big East team, they lost to this league twice, and the Big East as a whole is one and two against this conference. Do we know what Big East team beat a Mountain West team? <laughs> uh, Butler? You're right. The Butler Bulldogs <laughs> destroyed Boise State. That was an ass whooping. Yeah. So uh, shout out to the Butler Bulldogs. Um, just dominating the Mountain West. They'd win that league comfortably. Could never be my team. Yeah. Well, if we want to talk about teams that might be a little overrated, putting your team on that watch. Man. I don't have them ranked right now. I think I will have them ranked at some point. Whoa, whoa. Unranked? Right, as of today, yes. I think they will be ranked towards the end of the season. But what have they done this season, genuinely? I mean, you beat Alabama. That's a a good win. At home? I mean, that might be a Q2 win at the end of the season. No way. Bama's eighth in Ken Palm. They're going to be just fine. What are they in the um, net? I mean, the net. They haven't, I don't know. Alabama hasn't done a ton yet. They've played a really tough schedule, but they're seven yeah. and five. Fair. Uh, also, I think their losses. So Colorado State is good. Yes. Um, 
everyone kind of freaked out about Creighton when they lost that game. Relax. Colorado State's good. Villanova is good. Uh, they're an NCAA tournament team to me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the coaching. They They'll make it. They're so talented. Um, and then you lose to UNLV in a really weird semi away spot in Nevada um, against a team that just gets their, uh, I forget his name, but a transfer just got reinstated right oh, before that game. Yeah. Um, it's, it was just a weird spot. Outside of that, yeah, you beat Alabama, you beat Oklahoma State easily, you beat Nebraska by 30, you beat Iowa easily. Um, that is enough to be. They're not tournament teams. And Alabama's a fringe tournament team at this point. I think they will make it. I think they'll win a couple big games, particularly like they'll finally play at home. So maybe that's a Q1 win. Maybe. I still would lean that being Q2. But after that, they haven't done much. And I think it's important to note that all three of the games they lost, I believe they were close to or were double-digit favorites. Yeah. Um... They haven't done anything. And there are flaws with this team. I'm going to interrupt you one more time before I let you speak for quite a while and tell me how much of an idiot I am. They don't have a point guard. They just don't. Ashworth hasn't been that guy. It's Alexander. Alexander's not a natural point. He loves that spin jumper. I don't think I've ever seen him miss it. Defensively, they're not that this season. They don't have, they're missing quite a bit there. And it's very clear. You can out-muscle this Creighton team. You can out-will them. If you want it more, you can take it from them. UNLV wanted it more. They took it. Colorado State wanted it more. They took it. Villanova did not, did it play a really bad first half. Just kind of made plays in the end of the game. Got the loose balls. Dixon made some huge plays. He spread Kalkbrenner out. And when he can do that, it's barbecue chicken. Yeah. Um, look, don't get me wrong. Creighton has flaws. I don't know if you read the piece I put on Road to the Garden this morning uh, detailing the uh, the Marquette game coming up on – well, I guess that's tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, there are flaws, and it's unfixable. You mentioned the point guard play. Um you can't fix that. They don't have a true point guard on the roster except for Josiah Dotzler, who's a freshman and they don't seem to want to play him for, for some weird reason. Um, So, so it is what it is. The roster is what it is and they have flaws that will not be fixed, but this team is still good enough to be ranked to me. Baylor Shireman is, is fantastic. He's one of the better wings in the big East. Um, Ryan Clarkbrenner, in my opinion, is still the best big in, uh, in the big East and one of the best bigs in the country. Yeah, Michael shake in your head, but I, I honestly. He looks so good this season. He, he's yeah. the only reason that St. John's team is competitive right now. Soriano's really good, but Call I would really rather. I'm not trying I, to say Call yeah. Yeah. Call Printer's sweet. Shireman's awesome, and, and Trey Alexander's a future NBA player. So there's enough there that they'll be just fine. Um, defensively, they, they stick to their strategy really well, what they do. They don't foul. They don't allow threes that will keep them in enough games where they're just, they're going to get top four in the big East to me. They'll, they'll find a way uh, to be top four or five. Um, and that should be enough to be ranked in my opinion. I agree. I think they will be right. I think I will have them ranked at points in the season versus with Gonzaga. I don't expect to rank at all this season. And the other team I would have here is Texas, but I think they're much better with Dessou. But um, I don't right now. They just haven't proven anything to me. And in some of the big games I've watched them play, they've looked pretty bad. Uh, in that Alabama, I wasn't particularly impressed with them in the Alabama game. Honestly, I thought they looked good. I thought Trey Alexander just made a ton of individual plays and he kind of willed them in that spot. I don't think we've seen enough out of Shireman in some of these bigger games. I think you're going to need him to be more. And 
I think the point guard play could burn them in a couple spots, but uh, I still think this Creighton team's a tournament team. I still think I will have them ranked at the end of the season. Like I, I feel like I've made that fairly clear, but as of right now, I have some concerns with this team. And I think the fact that we're looking at this Creighton team early season, we looked at them as they're the surefire top three Big East team. Right now we're looking at them like they, they still will be top four, right? Right? They still will be. <laughs> they have to be. I think that kind of says something. Yeah, definitely fair. They are not the, I, I believe I had them third in the country heading into the season. They are not that. That is for sure. I have them something around 20th through 19th now, and that's that seems pretty accurate to me. Um, I think I had them 28th when I went down. I think I'd have them below. I think it was Ohio State, New Mexico, and then Creighton. New Mexico's unranked for you. They are very close to being ranked, but uh, I don't have them yet. I still think I need to see them do something in a decent spot. Like, I think they've played a fairly sure. soft schedule. Really soft, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have not, I don't think, at least beat any NCAA tournament teams. Yeah, Irvine's their best win. And I no don't want to rank Ole Miss, but they beat Memphis, so I feel like I have to. But uh, I can tell you right now, I will be laying a hammer down on Tennessee at almost any number. <laughs> Is that uh, is that at Rocky Top there? I believe so. Yes, yes. Hosting Mississippi on January sixth. That's a near end. Chris, yeah, Chris Beard on January sixth. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> moving forward here, I have another uh, another topic that came to me from the Twitter DMs, um, Michael. It was a question. I was talking Big East, but it applies really to, to anyone. If you took the five best centers in the Big East, so let's say what? Kalkbrenner, Klingon, Soriano, um, Eric Dixon, and question what? Oduro? Sure. Yeah. Let's say that's the starting five. You put those five guys on a team. How well does that team do uh, in, in, in conference play? 20 games. How many games is that team winning? Not many. Honestly, they're not quick. And I don't think they have, like, I feel like with, if you're going to run an all center team, you need a center who can really handle the ball or really pass the ball. I think Oduro is a good passer to his credit. Same with Dixon. They're mm. good passers. I don't think I'd call Kalkbrenner a good passer. I don't definitely don't think I'd call Soriano a good passer. It's clanging. Same there. I think they'd struggle in space. I think you could run them. I think you could gun them. I think you press them, and I think they'd kind of break. I think they'd win some games just off sheer size, sheer ability to rebound. They'd have to be a really well-coached team. But in what? If we're talking, like, what conference do we think we put them in, hypothetically? like a Big East. They play they play the Big East teams without those guys. So Creighton is lacking Kalkbrenner. Um, you know, UConn doesn't have Klingon and, and, and so forth. So I think they'd win some of those games just because I think particularly with Creighton, they're so dependent on Kalkbrenner. But at yeah. the same time, like a UConn is night and day without Klingon. Uh, my national player of the year future should be still live 101. 1,001. It should not. not it should not. It should 3, be live. 3 million to one, and I would not take that. Should be live. It's it's going to hit. Sorry. <laughs> um, But they go in the Big East. They beat DePaul twice. They probably they take at least one from Georgetown. Probably take one from Seton Hall, call them, throw another flute game in there, call them five wins. Five and 15. Feels about right. Maybe four. Okay. I think they win eight or nine games. I think a team with that much size and there's enough shooting there. Oduro can shoot. Dixon can shoot. Cockburner can kind of sort of shoot sometimes. No, he can't. 
He can sometimes do it. <laughs> if you like have a potty near him, he's not pulling it, and he's not take. Who on that team is beating you off the bounce? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it you does. Have, you have five seven footers. I'll run a zone and I'll pack it all in. Okay, then I'll have Eric Dixon play outside with Oduro, and then Kalkbrenner and Soriano can just run in the post when the double comes, kick out three, Dixon bang. That's what Villanova does, right? Yes, good luck. I literally I can double down, and if there's you're not getting the ball to the weak side, I have to guard two guys from the perimeter. Okay, then I can keep the other guy inside, just clog up the lane, and anytime I get going in transition, just give me the points. I run you, I gun you, I press you all game. I can We're getting every people. offensive rebound. Every single one. We're getting and three I'm shots per possession. You are having more than 20 turnovers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hammering the over there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun, I thought it was a fun... Uh, it is, yeah. I thought it was a fun, interesting question I got. I like it. Um, yeah. I think there are a couple of conferences where, like, if you can find, like, centers, you can really handle the ball. Actually, if you put Oso on this team instead yeah. of Oduro, which I think you should, he's better. Uh, that changes a lot, just because I think the way he he's kind of he's able to handle the ball. You'd have to do a lot to just get the ball out of his hands. So well, you'd you'd want both, right? You'd want the smallest yeah. center lineup: Oso, Oduro, Dixon, Kalkbrenner, Soriano. That would be the five, or yeah. uh, Klingon, Soriano, whatever you whatever you want to do. Whatever works best with those three, it would all just depend on matchups kind of yeah but okay michael is there anything else you want to hit here we are about halfway through the season anything else you want to reflect on hit on anything yeah usc okay what the hell is the deal there because they're not good they're just straight bad yes usc is not an ncaa tournament team and and that's a real bummer (laughs) like boogie ellis can score but, like, their four best players, three best at least for sure, are guards. Then do you take a Chuku? Do you take Bronny? Do you take Arrington Page? Whoever the hell else they got inside. DJ Rodman probably at four, actually. But uh, they can't really score. They can't really defend. And they don't have shooting. So Collier's just going to drive the lane. Then you crash down. You check Ellis, and that's it. They're legit right. bad. Yeah, they lose again to Oregon the other day. Um an Oregon team without, I believe, Biddle and Dante both were out and, and still. They have and, yeah. They have one front court piece who would play on I believe their starting center is Diarwa. Diar I don't know how to pronounce his name. He averaged like twelve minutes a game last season at Stetson. Nice. He started he's playing more than that at USC. I mean at Oregon, excuse me. Yeah. Bad loss. Um Shell still it's, 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 I'll tell you though, this sets up, Michael. It sets for it sets up for Utah to get second in the in the Pac-12. Honestly, I think I think that's possible. Oregon's not healthy. USC is not good. UCLA is not good. Who's going to be up there? Colorado and Utah. That's it. Yeah, I, I still think Oregon, just based on how talented they are, I think they're going to be up there. And if they can get back Biddle and Dante in a reasonable amount of time, I'm I can tell you right now, I'm going to buy into that team more than I should. Shellstead looks awesome, man. He is so good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, he took that game over yesterday. That dude is a hoopa hoopa. And Equendo, the Georgia transfer, is doing enough um, where he kind of makes up for some of the offensive production too. That they'll be fine. They'll be okay. Rigsby's still really fun. Yeah, there's enough pieces. Like, yeah, I I think they can compete there, but I think Utah can too. Uh, 
but all those teams like they're flawed in some way. Like I feel like Colorado's kind of the favorite to get second at this point, even though I tend to think Utah's better. I'm still not high in Colorado. I, I still think yeah. it's a little more smoke than fire. What I kind of want to happen is Colorado actually does kind of breeze through the Pac-12, which is hurting, and then they go into the NCAA tournament as a five seed, and they face a fun 12 that I like, and they get pounced on. That would yeah, be like a team me. like Indiana State. Yeah. Oof. So much fun. That would be good. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I was at the game. It was McKinley Wright versus Georgetown. They smoked. They smoked Georgetown. That was not competitive. Uh, that game was over before it started. Um, yeah. I would like to see a 12 seed get revenge for me. That's just kind of that's the arc I want to follow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, RIP Pat Ewing. The other one quick team I would love your thoughts on here as we as we close things out is Mississippi State. They're 10 and two. Um, out of the SEC, Tolu Smith is still injured, but will be coming back fairly soon, question mark. Um, they don't have very many great wins. Northwestern, Washington State, they beat Rutgers by 10. A couple kind of head-scratching losses. Is Mississippi State an NCAA tournament team? Fucking Rutgers. Oh, my God. They, they play so many games in New Jersey, not in the rack. It makes no sense. So weird. So, so weird. weird. Princeton was the same way. Yeah. You have the best... You have one of the most fun home courts in the country. Just use that shit, man. But uh, Mississippi State, give me... Yeah, give me yes. You know what? They've held serve. They did well. They were ranked at one point in the season without Tolu. Tolu's the best player on their team. Yeah, they're a tournament team. Okay. Um, I Yeah, I really hope Tolu gets back soon enough that it's not kind of too late because they get Bethune-Cookman, but then you kind of hop into it. January 10th, they get Tennessee. 13th, Alabama. And then the 17th, Kentucky. If he's not back by, you know, after that Kentucky game, you could be looking up and it's like, well, now we're what? The 12 and five. And it's, it's a little bit different. So at the same time, if they hold serve and win one of those games without him and then get him back. Yeah. They look really good. But you got to win one of them. Right. Yeah. And you can't yeah. drop a, a, another weird game. Like they play Bethune Cookman and South Carolina before those games have to win them both. South Carolina doesn't look too bad. Low key. Well, like I still don't think they're gonna be any good, but like they don't look too bad to their credit. Like they've they've been they were competitive against Clemson. They were competitive and they took care of business actually, you know, fairly decently against all the bad teams. They only had a couple, you know, really close games. So good for them. Lamont Paris, you rock. Better job than I would have expected them to be doing at this point. I still don't think they're a tournament team, but good for them. Yeah. Yeah, give, uh, give me a couple AP votes for your record. You earned it. What the hell? <laughs> Get them. Uh, their whole entire like, if you look at South Carolina's team resume on Ken Palm and last year, um, and and then compare it to this year, it's just like a bright red to a, a pretty fairly green yeah. tree there. So they've improved a bunch. Good for them. Good for them. Right on, South Carolina. That, that's really <laughs> right <on>. them. <laughs> all right, everybody. That will do it for us. Here on December 29th, we'll have another episode probably um, early January, heading into mid-January as conference play starts to heat up a little bit. But uh, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.